Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and joining me today is the wonderful Regold. Hi, Ray. Hey, Stacey. I'm uh, ready for today. He's ready for today, but he's on the world's squeakiest chair. So when you hear it squeaking, please know that it's not something going wrong with the audio. You know, Morgan Media isn't having a day. It's just the squeaky chair day. <laughs> I've been teasing I've him about it. I just noticed the squeak in the last few days. I think I need some oil here. But when we started, I could hear the squeak in yeah. the silence. <laughs> That's all right. People will be listening out for it now. Today's episode is brought to you by IDEA, the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. If you are a dance studio owner and you want to be supported and surrounded and celebrated by fellow dance studio owners, then join us at idea.org. Re, it's the time of year where we're stuck, like we're, we're getting stuck back into it and all of the things that we've forgotten that all those fires that like to erupt in our studio that we've forgotten about because we're, you know, riding that summer high, they've all started to come back. So many dance studio owners have been in touch with me this week. I'm sure you're exactly the same in terms of, oh, I'm having trouble with this staff member or this studio, sorry, this student came back and I didn't think they were going to come back and I've had to talk to that parent. And there seems to be difficult conversations popping up all around the place for dance studio owners at the moment. And so today we thought we would talk about, you know, tackling those conversations because there might be somebody listening to this podcast who has a difficult conversation looming and we want to give you the confidence to be able to step into that conversation and and stand your boundary and hold your own and do what you need to do for your studio. I think that's a great topic and if we can discover good ways to communicate right at the beginning as time moves on we'll be better at this. Yeah, difficult um, conversations are like a muscle, right? It's like you were going to the gym and making your muscles stronger. The more conversations you have, the stronger you get at them and the easier they become. And I used to think that was rubbish. <laughs> but I'm going to add uh, a point to what you just said. The difficult conversation that you are putting off and don't have gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. Yes. So let's just make that point right here and now that's why talking about this now is most important um before we came on the air to do this podcast i told you i wanted to do this subject because i uh we're we're doing a podcast with one side i don't know how you feel about yourself i don't want to speak for you But on my behalf, oh, I'm a runner when it comes to the um, difficult conversations. I I know how to do them, but if there was just one reason why I wouldn't have to, I'd put that in my mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before I'd finally get there. And if you want to know my biggest fear... It's it's saying the wrong thing, so therefore the point doesn't come across the right way. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Makes sense? It totally makes sense. And I think it's interesting that you use the analogy of the runner because so many of us do. We just run in the opposite direction. <laughs> and I have, you know, for a long time, Rhea, I've used the excuse that I don't like confrontation. So I'm not good at difficult conversations because I don't like confrontation. But truthfully, what I've learned through, you know, leadership and leadership as part of the dance studio is that there's really not that many people that like confrontation. Like I'm not this standalone anomaly. Like most people don't like confrontation. And so difficult conversations are difficult for a lot of people. And a lot of people are running from them. There's not many people that are running to them. So, you know, knowing that I think is really liberating because it makes you feel like you're not alone. It makes you feel like you're not the only person in the world avoiding a difficult conversation right now for so many people it's it's really hard and the best way to get better at them and to make it easier is to keep doing them even the little ones and um i guess having enough confidence in yourself that you can say this the right way Mm -hmm. and and being sure that you set yourself up and put enough thought into it to make sure that it goes the way that you hope it goes. Absolutely. I guess what, when it comes to it, we're, we're calling it confrontation. So what does that mean? There's a fear that, you know, to whatever degree, that this could blow up. Mm. Or this could end badly, or somebody's going to be hurt. Uh, So that's where the fear lies in all of us that think, wow, yeah, I got to do this, but I'm scared to do this. Mm. Oh, I I feel that. Yeah. And I think we. what will other people think? Oh. Okay, meaning it, yeah. like if I upset her, mm-hmm. what? how will that affect other people who work for me? Will you follow? Oh, 100%. How will, you know, what will, when she blows up or when you have this difficult conversation, she goes out into the community and she says, can you believe Miss Stacy said this, or she said this to me, how dare she? And that, you know, there's fear in that as well, that you don't want to be portrayed as the bad guy. Yeah. So what does that mean? That was a very good point for our listeners. That means I reiterate that you put a lot of thought into it. I'll give an example. Um, similar to a teacher, um, but this is also how I perceive this person, a representation of my brand, uh, um, really by all appearances on top of it, um, and always feeling a positive vibe. But then discovering that, say, in a classroom, the vibe is the opposite, Mm. doesn't have it together. So I now have to say to myself, 
I have to talk to this girl because this isn't just one. This is a few people feeling exactly the same way. But I love the relationship. Mm. You, you go into a conversation like that with, now I didn't start off this way, but I got here because I gave myself the time. Instead of saying, I'm so disappointed or, or I don't understand how this could happen. I go about it by starting off actually saying what I've said to you in this podcast, which is how much I do appreciate her. Mm. And then say, and this conversation is uncomfortable because of that respect. Mm -hmm. But the, the way you are working in the classroom, working with my clientele, you are not uh, pulling your rank. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I came up with a better word there, but you're, you're not up to par. Yeah. Um, in, in just saying that the next question must be, tell me what's up for you. Mm. Yeah. Jane Gretsch, um, who is a fabulous leadership coach, she words it, what's stopping you from doing what you need to be doing? Which kind mm -hmm. of takes the emotion out. It takes the, well, my dog is sick and I have the, da, 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 it, and, and keeps it very work related. So what's stopping you? So I, you know I need you to do ABC in the dance studio. What's stopping you from doing that? And I find that so powerful. I mean, Jane's the queen of difficult conversations. I would love to be able to have them the way that she does. But I think, Lee, what you said about that authenticity straight up, because of our relationship, this is a really difficult conversation and I'm feeling quite nervous about it. I think that is a beautiful way to start because it shows respect but it also shows but, where you're at. But I will admit, two days ago, I was angry. Mm. First learning about it, then I had to think about that. And it's, I was angry because I wanted my students to be happy. I was angry because I felt disappointed in this person. I only know this side that's everything else. Mm -hmm. I was mad, but I also knew that there were two ways to go about this, stay mad or see if some way we could work this out. Yeah. Yeah. And because <laughs> simple. like nobody wants to go around firing staff members, especially at this time of year, but you know, we can't just find another dance teacher on the next corner. It, 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 finding the right team and the right staff members is such an important part of our business. So we're not about to go into these conversations and be like, you did this wrong, you're out, you're done. Sometimes these conversations need to be had to see, to check in, to see where they're at, to make sure that expectations are cleverly, like are, are understood. Because sometimes that's on us. If we haven't set a really clear expectation of what we want in that classroom, or we, what we expect from that parent in terms of behaviour, then sometimes that's on us as well. And so we need the opportunity to be able to say, look, this is what I've noticed. Perhaps I didn't prepare you adequately. 
Here's your warning. And if you really can be authentic and you do want to walk up to a teacher and make a suggestion or whatever, you can say to them, you know, I don't think I ever told you this. Mm. Okay, you're you're being authentic, but this is the way that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's okay to have uh, not, well, there's a quote, you help me, you probably know it, like, um, I'm sorry for the things I didn't know that I didn't know. Mm. Yep, that's right. Was that right? Yeah, you nailed it. That's the second time I've tried to say it. <laughs> but it's the truth. Yeah, you I don't know think, what you don't know. Yeah, I think this whole thing is an evolution. Yeah. Of life and and skill and, and knowledge and business. Mm-hmm. It's just another part so, of leadership that we need to become more comfortable with because it's it's not going away. We're never going to have a studio full of happy parents, fantastic staff, where everything is going to go right every single day. That's You need to let go of that idea. That is a true statement, but my mind went somewhere when you said it. However, it could be so much better if people believed we were approachable, mm-hmm. if people believed that if they had a question and maybe they're a little intimidated because they don't, they might think it's a stupid question, that going to that person they can be comfortable asking that stupid question. Mm. That's a lower part of the level of this, but that's important because sometimes we don't have to get to the point that we have to have a difficult conversation. If the clientele or the mom or the child sometimes Mm -hmm. felt comfortable enough coming to us right away. Yeah. Did I yeah. make sense there? Oh, like I've got something going on in my studio right now that's exactly that. You know, how do how do we best communicate that, yes, we want you to cut when something doesn't feel right, when something doesn't go right, we want to be the first place you run to, not the last person you tell. And, you know, I feel that with staff. I feel it with students. You know, when you have that student who disappear like up and leaves and it's a complete surprise to everybody. And the mum says, well, we, you know, we had issue with X, Y, and Z. And you go, hang on, what? Huh? Why am I the last one to find out? You're exactly right. We want to be authentic. We want to be approachable. We want to be the people that they can feel they can come to so that things don't escalate to get to the point of having to have these difficult conversations. Yes. Okay. So, uh, maybe we have some more to talk about about related to our um, employees, but if I'm going to propose a question to you, what do you consider one of the most difficult conversations that you have to have with the parent? Well, it's always the conversation of your 
we're no longer a good match and you need to find somewhere else to go and dance. And, you know, the the very few times that I've had to have that conversation with a parent, it's like the people in the studio who are left after that person leaves throws me a parade. So I'm always nervous about the conversation itself and about the the action itself, but it always pays off for the people who are loyal to me and loyal to the studio. So if you are listening to this and you know you have a conversation looming, you know you have a bad egg amongst your barrel, you please know from me that the very, you know, the sparingly times that I've done it, it's always worked out in my favour. And it's also worked out in the student and the parents' favour as well. They go and find somewhere wonderful and they either pull themselves in line or they are a nightmare for someone else. And that's like, that's okay. And I'll add some sarcasm. And you kind of touched on this. And all the other parents who watched this person not be so nice for the last year to you, your policies, whatever, are going to come running to you and say, why didn't you do this sooner? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Time and time again. So let us uh, make the point related to this that the sign to have a difficult conversation is when you walk into the lobby and you see a particular parent and you get a ping in your stomach Mm. because of either something that they said or did or questioned those pings add up Mm -hmm. each one I hope everybody can relate to this. You must address the ping within the first couple of pings is the best way to say it, Mm -hmm. because there's more pings on the way. On the way. (laughs) And you also have to have, you went right to the point. You also have to have the ability to say, we are not the right school for you. And I'm I'm sorry that we're not. Mm-hmm. And never make that separation, even if you want to, even if you have 10 things that you have done to please this mom and none of them worked, even if you're so angry, you need to say, I'll miss you and my door is always open. Mm -hmm. Then go punch a pillow, do whatever (laughs) you got to (laughs) do. But that is the way we must be. And if I can add to that, the reason we must be that way is so that when that student moves on to somebody else, they can't say negative, mm-hmm. negative things. About, they may. They will, yeah. <laughs> but they really but don't have a lot to say. my point is I, I'm confident yeah. in myself at that point Yeah, that I'm a professional mm-hmm. and that I'm moving on now. And by letting it go, hear this, a little deeper, if you guys know Dr. Claudette, you have to let it go. Because 
those things will build up in your gut and weigh you down. Mm-hmm. So yes, there has to come a time where you go, okay, I gave them my best shot. They're gone. Now I am going to bring in three new people to replace this person because I spent so much time on her that now I have time to bring in three new students. Mm -hmm. Boom. I love that. I love that. And when you call that meeting, Ree, out of my experience, the best way to hand, like we're talking about having a difficult conversation, a lot of the time you don't have to say anything really until the end because you pull them into your office and they're going to say, well, you've upset me in this way and you did this and four months ago you looked at me funny and blah, 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 and they're going to they're go off. And once they've said their piece, the only thing left for you to say is exactly what you said, Reed. we're no longer a, a good match. So sometimes you don't even have to, you know, step up to the pitch. They're going to they're gonna hang themselves. I'll share with you. I'll share with you something. I, I did it a couple of years ago for the first time, but I've used it a couple of times since. Where somebody may feel that way about something. My first answer is, wow, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed that you feel that way about this thing I said, this thing I did. And then say, yeah, obviously it's time to move on. Mm. But to just kind of say it like it's a, it's not a fight back. It's not saying, because you could have just listened to 10 things that you know you didn't do, Mm -hmm. wasn't your intention. And wait, the mind will make us want to like almost in the middle of that go, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so what if you just let all that go and at the end you go, wow, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Mm. I had no idea. Obviously, here's another one. Obviously, you need to find another school. Please tell Jenny I love her and we'll miss her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful. Okay. That's a great note to end when, on. That's like, just copy wait, and paste I that. I had one more <laughs> I want to address. You want to end this podcast? What's your one more that you've got? It's one that um, I thought you were going to go to when I asked you what your number one. Uh, oh, what did you think I was going to say? Class placement. Uh, that old chestnut. Class placement. Yeah. So this is, I, well, I'll do it fast because I know we're coming to the end of our podcast. But put yourself in the parents' shoes. When you are making the decisions for class placement, When you're making the decisions for class placement, which I would assume the majority of us are doing with some other faculty members, okay? Mm -hmm. When we decide that Betty Sue is going to move to this level and it's maybe not the level that 
we think Betty Sue thinks she's going to. It's at that moment that we say, okay, and what will we explain to Betty Sue and her mom? Mm -hmm. And that point, we would brainstorm because our decision was made for the right reasons on why we made the decision. And here are some of my examples. I want Betty Sue in this group because she's gonna be one of the strongest dancers. I think this is gonna give her the confidence for her to be ready for this next level. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I, I believe that's what this is going to do for her. And then I'd even add this, and in a couple months, you wanna hang out and talk, I'll let you know how we're moving along. Yep. And if you had three or four people who were who were involved in the decision-making process and everybody contributed to how this would benefit the child instead of saying, hear this, because I also want you to put your parents' shoes on. Oftentimes we go back and we say, well, she didn't move to this because she can't do this. She can't do this and she can't do this. Mm -hmm. Imagine a parent hearing that and maybe having to go back and tell her kid and she's not a parent who likes to be realistic or doesn't live in that kind of a society. So actually maybe she starts bat-mouthing dance and says, you need to do something else. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's... I almost, I almost feel like it's about being honest and always finding what the positiveness in this decision is and, and it not being all the faults of the child, mm. more of what the child will gain. Yes. Oh, so important. Because I've got dance parents that will hear that list of things and then take their kid home and practice with them for four hours to try and get it. And they're not dance teachers. <laughs> I don't know what they're no. doing. That's unsafe for the child. Like they're on the front lawn flipping her over backwards because she needs to do <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. So I love that flipping it to the positive these are all the great things. And I love using it from a team perspective as well. Whenever we deliver that information, we always say we've discussed it as a team and this is what we all believe. We all put in our two cents. We all had a conversation about it. We're thinking about your child as an individual and here's what we've decided for them. I want to add one more thing, then we can sign off. Those who are listening to this and you're thinking about you know, class placement, what dancer gets to be in this program or this group. Let us not always base it on how many things or tricks a kid can do. Let us sometimes incorporate how hard they work how committed they are mm -hmm. because sometimes I think we're losing some dancers who have those uh, characteristics and we're keeping some dancers who don't have those characteristics 
and I'm not sure we're sending the right message. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I love that uh, flipping it to talk about things that they can do and that they can improve on. Hard, you know, hard work, dedication, passion, confidence. And the perception, and it's a truth for me, because I would have said, okay, what are we going to say to Susie's mother? Um, that would have run through my head right away when, when some, uh, like three people said, ah, this is the right place. That, that's the first thing that would have come out, come to my mind. Mm. Um, the catch to it is that you are letting the parent know that you put thought into this you put your professional experience into this yeah you it's not like i don't like susie and she's not in this mm. yeah or i woke up on the wrong side of the bed and i decided she's not going up yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I it's well, you have to say that you have to remind them that this is your entire world and this is what you've trained to do and this is what you're qualified in and and it's not a reflection. I like to also say this is not a reflection on your parenting and what how you've raised her. She's a gorgeous kid. We absolutely adore her, but we really want her to get that confidence and we think that this is the best way. Yes. Because otherwise they go home and they go, I am a terrible mother. <laughs> and I know because I'm a mother. <laughs> well, I am going to let our listeners know I am not a mother. Mm. Good. <laughs> and on that note, today's episode has been brought to you by Idea, um, where Re is the mother hen of all of the dance studio owners in the Idea organisation. If you want to feel celebrated and supported and lifted up by fellow dance studio owners, come and join us in Idea. You can find out more at idea.org. We'd love to have you check out Idea if you are not a member. And as we close this off, everybody enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com. Or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 